Well, good morning, church family. How we doing? Good, good. I'm glad you guys are here. I love coming and worshiping with you guys. And if you're a guest, my name is Brandon, just one of the pastors here on staff. And uh, we've been in a teaching series called More, and it's practicing the way of Jesus. Because if we're going to call ourselves followers of Jesus, apprentices of Jesus, we should probably practice the things that he did. And so uh, Pastor Ryan, he did a great job of setting up this series, and he's just talking about the secret place. How each one of us need to have a secret place with God. And I would argue on a daily basis that we need to be in our secret place with God. And this chair represents that secret place. And we're gonna like we're gonna continue to talk about this secret place, but we're going to do it with the lens of worship. Like, what does it look like to worship? in our secret place. And as soon as I say worship, some of us can already have some preconceived notions of what worship is. Maybe, you know, it's the band and a guitar and you come to a place and that is worship. I think that's a component of it. But I think there's a a broader range of what worship is. And so my heart and my intent here today is that um, if you're a note taker, like it's going to be challenging today because I'm going to go really quick just to introduce some concepts and then I'm hoping that we can practice some of those concepts So we kind of talk about this uh, from time to time that, hey, the worship service might look a little bit different, but we've been saying that every week for a while now. So I guess if you come in with expectation that God's going to meet you, that's the only thing that's going to be regular, regular about our worship. You know, like it doesn't matter whether they sing three songs, four songs, you know, like God's just going to show up because that is our heart here at Radiant Life is that you would have an encounter with God. And so just to kind of give you a framework of where we're going is I'm going to do a very brief teaching and I'm just going to introduce some concepts and we could dive way into each one of those concepts. But the Lord just kind of put it on my heart of, well, let's try to experience some of these concepts. And so what I'm hoping here today is in your individual seats that you're in, that will be your secret place for a few moments here today. And that as you practice some of these things, you wouldn't leave it here. That you take it home and go to your secret place. And that you would begin to worship God in your secret place. So whether it's a nice fancy chair like this, or if it's just a plain old riggedy wooden chair at your dining room table, God will meet you in that place as well. Amen? So let's dive into the secret place of worship. You know, I think this is comfortable. I can see why he's been using this chair. This is nice. Is this going to your house after the teaching series or my house after the teaching series? (laughs) I, I hope there's something here today, whether it's a song, a verse, maybe something I say, that would inspire you to worship in your secret place. I hope that there's something here today that would maybe expand your horizon of what it looks like to worship in your secret place. 
The religious elite, the Pharisees, would challenge Jesus often and they approached him and said, uh, Jesus, we, we've been given the law by Moses. We have the Ten Commandments. Which of these Ten Commandments is the greatest? And Jesus beautifully responds. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Jesus says, all of the commandments are rolled into this. Love the Lord your God. And he continued, he said, love your neighbor the same. But imagine if we love the Lord with everything, all of us, every aspect of our body, mind, and soul, that we love the Lord our God. There was a lot of tension between the Samaritans and the Jews. There was a lot of racial tension. And there's a famous story uh, found in the Gospels. And in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, there's this uh, really cool scene with what we would call the Samaritan woman at the well. And part of the tension was like, where do you worship and Jesus was reframing her mindset. And in John chapter four, verse 23, it says, but an hour is coming and it's now here when the true worshipers, the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the father wants such people to worship him. Yeah, I think we need to worship God with our mind, like we need to know this truth, but we also need to worship God in our spirit. And we need to learn how to grow in worshiping in God in truth and also in spirit. And so our whole lens for today is worshiping in the secret place. So you guys ready for this? All right, here we go. Worship is diverse. Worship can take place in the context of confession, lament, praise, thanksgiving, and adoration. You're like, huh? And some of you are like, oh, I see a couple of those. The other ones, I can't wait for you to unpack. So I'm gonna briefly speak on each one of these and I'm gonna share some scriptures I'm gonna read. There's gonna be other Bible references that'll be on the screen. Just jot those references down and I wanna encourage you to head back and, and when you're in your secret place, get into these scriptures and begin to worship God through those scriptures. But maybe you're wrestling with, I didn't realize that confession was worship. Let's unpack this for a second. Confession is a form of worship recognizing that people are sinners who stand in the need of God's grace. There's not a single person who can hear my voice right now who hasn't fallen short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short. We've all messed up. We've all sinned. Maybe some of you did it on the way here this morning. But we've all fallen short. And you can see the couple of Bible references there. Um, I'm going to share the Isaiah verse, but my friend Chris came up to me in between services, and he's like, I don't believe in coincidences, but you had that Psalm 51, uh, that reference on the screen. He's like, that's where my quiet time was this morning. And then you talked about it. Hmm, that's interesting. 
But Isaiah, he's a prophet, he's a mouthpiece, he's a conduit for God to speak to his people, and he understood the gravity of sin. And we see this in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. He says, woe is me, woe is me, I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips, and I'm surrounded by a bunch of people with unclean lips. Isaiah understood where his posture was before a holy, holy, holy God. And God blessed Isaiah to be in his presence. But once he was in that holy presence, he realized, and I don't think I could come up with any better words, woe is me. But here's the thing. He was in God's presence. God's presence is everywhere. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there. Psalm 51, I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but there's one verse that I want you to hear, and I think this will come up here in just a little bit. Uh, Mark verse 17, I want you to read that whole chapter. But for anyone who's kind of feeling that condemnation, I want you to hear this. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. You will not despise a broken and humbled heart, God. So just hear that. Because there's going to be a moment where we're going to worship through confession. And I want you to hear that. That God's not going to despise you. And we'll unpack that here in a little bit. Let's move to lament. How do we worship through lament? It's a type of worship that recognizes the distance between the world as experience and as it should be given God's goodness, power, and love. It's a request for God to complete his project of making all things new. Maybe another way to say this is our lament is we're experiencing real life around us and there seems to be a gap from what God intended it to be. Let me give you an example. Yesterday, I was blessed to go with church staff and some other leaders from the church, and we were up in Grand Rapids, and uh, it was called Revival. I don't want to call it a conference or anything like that, but the, um, there was teaching, there was worship, and really, I saw it as like a spark to create revival within churches uh, within the state of Michigan. And it, it was amazing. Like, I mean, honestly, it was kind of like a cloud nine experience. And then even on our drive home, the laughter uh, that we had in the van, it, it was just absolutely amazing. And uh, full transparency, I didn't have everything that I was going to talk about today ready. I wasn't sure what the, the Lord uh, had. I had a direction of where we're going but I hadn't really completed everything. But something that I do, and God bless me and allows me to, to be able to present his word, is I come in on a Saturday. I come in the night before, and, and I get my worship on. I, 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 I don't, don't anybody tell Pastor JB, I don't know if he's in, oh, he's in here. <laughs> I really crank up the speakers. Like, I hope I don't blow them one night uh, before worship on a Sunday, but like, I get my worship on in, in here. 
And so it was kind of late and I got home a little bit after 10 o'clock and I'm going down my street and it's just, it's lined with cars, almost an entire city block. And there was a lot of foot traffic at my neighbor's. And my neighbor's been one of my ones that I've been praying for. I don't know where he's at in his relationship, but man, uh, there's a language barrier there. I mean, he speaks probably more English words than what I speak Spanish words. But like, there's, there's, there's been really good, um, nice communication. One of the way that he communicates is he has fruit trees and he brings fruit to our house. And he, he gives candy to my girls. Like he's just a really nice person. And uh, I think it was around a year ago, he just shared that it kind of through his broken English and that he was diagnosed with cancer. So you can already do the math. I'm, I'm processing all of those things. And uh, yeah, his house was just full of people. And I don't know if he's passed yet this morning or last night. But what was amazing was just seeing the amount of people. And it's like, man, to be on my deathbed and to, like, they're literally bringing chairs into the house. I was being really creepy and just looking through my windows in the dark. I shut off all the lights because I didn't want him to see me. <laughs> but I was wrestling. It's like, Lord, I want to go over there, but I don't know what to say. I want to do something, Lord. Because cancer sucks. We've all been affected by it one way or another. I want to do something, Lord. Jesus, I pray that you would just give me a, a, a gift of healing. I pray that you would give me a gift of tongues that I could go in and pray a healing and give the gospel message to my neighbor and all of his family and friends. It was silent. It's like, Lord, it was just silent. God met me in my kitchen. God will meet us in our lament. We experience very real life things. And there seems to be a gap between what we're experiencing and the goodness of God. And it's not just in our own lives, it's across the world. There's, be, there's children who are being trafficked into slavery all over the world right here in our own state. There is a gap between what we're experiencing and the goodness of God. Thirty thousand seventy four babies were aborted in the state of Michigan in 2021. And I know when I say that, please, if you've experienced that, you've walked through that, I am not judging you at all. I know personally how difficult that is. Because I've walked down that road. Those are 30,000 plus souls. 
And I get it, there's a lot of tension in that subject of abortion. All I'm trying to reveal to you is there's a major gap between what we experience and the goodness of God. And I almost visualized it like a scale. And then the Lord said, hey, use a cross. Like on one side of the scale, there's confession and lament. But on the other side of the scale, there's praise, adoration, and thanksgiving. So we can't just sit in the confession and lament forever. Because God is praiseworthy. He is worthy of our adoration. At the same time, we can't just sit in praise, adoration, and thanksgiving and just be blinded to the things that are happening in our world, the things that break God's heart. And we have to be able to go back and forth within our worship towards God. Let's continue. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving functions as a means of showing gratitude for what God has done. We could sit here for hours and just testify to the goodness of God and what he has done in your life. I love how the psalmist writes this in Psalm 138, verses one and two. I will give you thanks with all my heart. Not just parts of it, but all of it. The confession, the lament, the praise, all of it. Every aspect of my heart. I will sing your praise before the heavenly beings. I will bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your constant love and truth. You have exalted your name, your promise above everything else. Man, as followers of Jesus, we have all the reasons to have a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. I think that can also overflow to a heart of adoration. See, adoration involves contemplating and lauding God for who he is. Worship could manifest itself in many activities, including song and dance, ritual, preaching, in prayer. We can adore our Heavenly Father in a bunch of different ways. So check out that Psalms chapter eight verse and just, just mark that down and go back. But I want us, I hope that you are inspired to worship in your secret place. Because our secret worship, it overflows to our public worship. Grab that, please. Grab that concept. If we were to all, as followers of Jesus, if we were to all just worship God in a device, uh, diverse set of ways, if we were to be in our secret place and to worship him, what in the world do you think would happen when we all get together in this place? Come on, get a hold of that. If you want to de- dive deeper into the, the spiritual disciplines, the practices, I can't recommend enough Richard Foster's book, Celebration of the Disciplines. I want to share a couple of quotes from him that I think will pertain to this idea of secret worship. And then the band is going to come up here momentarily. 
and then we're gonna, we're gonna try to experience and practice worship in a few of these different areas. Here's a couple of quotes from Richard Foster. He says, punctuate every moment with inward whisperings of adoration, praise, and thanksgiving. Have personal times of inner worship and confession and Bible study and attentiveness to Christ, your present teacher. I didn't know Pastor Josh was going to share that passage, but talking about Holy Spirit comes and he teaches us. Like when we worship in our secret place, and I'm not just saying like the 10 or the 15 minutes or the hour or whatever you do in the morning before you go to work, I think that's part of it. But what about the drive to work? What about at the grocery store when you're waiting in line and not looking at your phone? Like we can worship in those places as well. And maybe in your workplace, now, maybe you have to really pay attention to the task or whatever that is that you're doing, or maybe you serve other people and you need to be present in that moment with those people, and I get that, but what does it look like to punctuate every single moment of the day and to worship in our inner parts of our heart in our secret place? Catch this quote. Take a picture of it. Write it down. All of this, if we're to worship in our secret place, all of this will heighten your expectancy in public worship because the gathered experience of worship just becomes a continuation and intensification of what you've been trying to do all week long. Come on, catch it, friends. Catch this, family. If we were to all worship in our secret place, whether it's confession or lament or whether it's praising God on the mountaintop, imagine the intensity that would happen when we do gather into this place. I love this quote that uh, Pastor Ryan used a few weeks ago, and it totally pertains to this. Spiritual disciplines are the ecosystem in which the garden of personal transformation grows. If you want to be transformed to look more and more like Jesus, worship in your secret place. That's the greenhouse. That's where things grow. And what happens when things grow? They bear fruit. So let's put ourselves in an ecosystem that we can grow not to worship in knowledge, not just to worship in truth, but also in our spirit. So let's try to put the bow tie on all of this. When we have a holistic view of confession, lament, thanksgiving, praise, and adoration, how can we not worship When you grab a concept of understanding that you can worship like this, you can't help but to worship the creator of the universe. So now we're going to worship through confession and lament. The song, the the band's gonna play a song and it's more of a song that I want them to play over you. But at any point, 
you need to move, please feel that you are able to move. There's kneelers down in the front. There's spaces at each side. I don't care if you lay down face before the Lord and just cry out to him. There's not a single person in this room that's going to judge you. This isn't about the other people in the room. This is about you and the creator of the universe. The one who just put that breath in your lungs. The one who knit the DNA in the blood that flows through your veins. It is between you and him. I get distracted really easy, so I close my eyes a lot. Maybe you need to, but may your chair be a secret place. This isn't about anybody else in the room. It's not about this team. It's not about me. It's between you and the Lord right now. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. And he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He will cleanse us from anything that doesn't make us right with God. It's beautiful. So I don't know if there's anything that you need to confess. This will be a space that you can do that. Maybe you just need to confess lament with God, with something that is very real and something that you're experiencing and it just seems like a massive gap from the goodness of God. But I want to share a scripture with you, a promise that I hope that you would hold on to in this moment. And this song's going to tie into this. Psalms 103, verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. You know, there's a point we start traveling north, we end up traveling south. And if we travel south, there's going to be a point where we start traveling north. But when we travel east, when we travel west, those two never touch each other. So, if you have a humble and broken heart, he's not going to despise you. He's going to remove that as far as the east is from the west. And so we're going to move into this time of worship. Also, there's going to be prayer partners. They're going to be at the banners. They're not going to stand the whole time. But if there's something that you just need prayer over, if you walk to that banner, I promise you there'll be a team there ready to serve you. I just didn't want to ask them to stand up during this whole time. But as we get into this, please take whatever posture you need. This is more of a song that I want the team to sing over you, but if you feel prompted to stand, it's okay. But just allow this song to minister to you in your hearts. And when the song's over, I'm going to share another scripture and kind of move us into a different form of worship. And we'll continue the rest of our service that way. So Holy Spirit, have your way. found him guilt when looking for my past but only found love 
like stones There's no floor there Just mercy down below us to bask in that. Oh, Jesus, you're so good. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. 